0: source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by James Boyman and Ryan Williams.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. James Boyman here, joined as always by Ryan Williams, coming to you immediately following Everton's triumphant 2-1 win over Wolves at Molyneux. It is this win, Everton became the seventh club to register 400 Premier League victories. Massive achievements, very significant. And more importantly, we are now up to fourth level on points with third place Leicester behind only on goal difference. And this win made it six wins in nine away matches for Everton so far in the 2020-2021 campaign. Ryan, throw it over to you for your instant reaction.
0: I don't know how we won this one today, but I couldn't (laughs) be more stoked about it. Um, We'll get into that in a second. But, you know, you need ones like these two. We had injuries. They had a lot, too. Uh, Not the prettiest game. Very tactical for a while, but um, I'll take it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you had offered me nil, nil before this match started, I would have probably snapped your hand off just based on when the lineup came out, which we'll touch on shortly. I didn't really see any way that we were going to create, but nonetheless, we created enough chances to ultimately emerge victorious and some key performances from Alex will Luca Dean Hamas Rodriguez on the offensive side of the ball really made the difference today. I was as you said Ryan a bit of a stalemate at times both teams kind of willing to be complacent and wait for uh, someone an individual moment of brilliance perhaps and eventually Everton scored late and were able to see the match off and what was a stressful final 10 or so minutes I'm really happy with it and I want to give a shout out to K Everton USA and the professor from our discord server who correctly predicted the 2-1 victory shout out to you guys Um, and thanks to everyone on the discord thanks to our amazing mod the penny blue for orchestrating our very first listening slash watch party in the discord server if you didn't if you haven't joined yet what the heck are you waiting for Uh, but that's all i'll say on that for now ryan let's walk it back to two fifteen p.m eastern standard time the lineup drops and people are i'd say perplexed is the word
0: I think, uh, as owed to a conversation we had on Discord earlier, I think we're going for chemistry. I think chemistry mm-hmm. beats talent all the time. You have no idea what I'm talking about, but two other <laughs> individuals do. And Paul is going to be really ticked at me for saying that. But no, it looked crazy. And you're thinking, what on earth? We aren't playing a striker. I guess you could kind of assume that Siggy would play kind of as a false nine. He kind of went back and forth a little bit. Um, think we got it right we said a will kind of on one side but really it almost played out as a 4-4-2 four, four, we'll get to the average positions but look we were missing a couple attackers too obviously richarlison wasn't fully healthy and that's probably why he was not risked um you know missing alan still hurts us and you know Delphin and Bameans, obviously God knows if he's ever going to be, if he's actually alive, but without those things, I mean, you got to shuck and jive a little bit, but to be perfectly honest, look at Wolves' lineup. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I, I would argue they're in worse shape than us. I mean, from an attacking standpoint, if you're missing Daniel Potens, who has been unbelievable for them, uh, Treore, uh, Jimenez, obviously, um, you know, you're, you're missing guys like that, that can impact the game. I mean, what can you say? You know, and it, it was really just up to Neto basically to carry the day on the right side with Samato, and that's kind of how they set up. And obviously, they have some talent and some class on the ball in the middle, but those guys aren't dynamic, athletic players. They're not going to put a tremendous amount of pressure on you. Um, and and predictably, Wolves sat back and looked to counter, like they do most of the time. They just didn't quite have what it takes. Uh, I was frustrated at times with our ball movement. Uh, it was stagnant, like you said. Um, and it was funny initially you could tell it looked like we were going to try and counter press a little bit, play a a press a little bit higher, which I are you going to do that with Gilfie cigarettes who can't move. I mean, he works and James, who's, you know, obviously not the swiftest, although he will put in work. I'm tired of that stereotype. And it kind of played out that way over time. The one thing I will say, and I know you love some of the charts that we throw up on the prep station. Um, just in terms of setups to see Dean a lot higher than Holgate um, because he's in essence playing as a mid to see Davies kind of behind to playing that holding role. We've seen him do a few times recently. Um, you weren't sure how it was going to work out, but then you look at the way wolves tried to attack us. And first of all, they killed our counter press every five seconds, but every time they did it, eventually it made its way over to the right side and they did look dangerous on that side.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's, let's be realistic. I mean, Wolves without Raul Jimenez are not nearly the same attacking threat, but they still have guys who can beat you one-on-one. They have maybe too many players who are individually great dribblers, but haven't quite uh, maybe clicked as a team. And uh, I think in general, what was interesting was the fact that just both teams – this game had like basically – it was like yin and yang right sometimes the match looked ridiculously open and then i think both teams kind of realized that it wasn't sustainable and tried to try to sh- uh, shore up and slow it down and just kind of be comfortable in possession i did think you know ruben neves i mean we can, we'll go through the timeline in a little bit but i just i've always really liked him as a player i think he's he's real quality but the shape of Everton, yeah, it was interesting because you think Gilfey maybe is a false nine, but we ultimately saw Carlo try to get the best out of both Luka Dean and Alex Iwobi in those wide areas, and Gilfey ended up being kind of a passenger, but Bahamas is in that free role where he can just sort of pop up. He dropped deep, he got wide, he played centrally, and how often the team was willing to just provide him with someone like a, basically a wall to pass off of, to get the ball back, free up some space and allow him to look for some of the incisive passes. But other than that, I mean, I think it was a very shrewd move of Carlo Ancelotti to, remove some of the defensive responsibilities from Luke Dean and give him license to get forward and contribute on the offensive end. When you don't have dominant Calvert-Lewin, you replace some of the guy like Sigurdsson, you're missing the legs. You're missing kind of that front foot pressing of the ball pressure that Calvert-Lewin can apply with his pace. Um, And so we just had to, again, take what Wolves were willing to give us. And I mean, it doesn't hurt when you score five minutes in, obviously. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I, I think Sigurdsson, though, you can tell as much as you want him to come back and maybe play in between their lines a little bit. He just doesn't have it in him. He can't receive a ball well. He's not very agile. Um, but, I, I, you know, it was funny. And we'll get in the second half a little bit. But if you look at the numbers, you know, Wolves, 45% of their attack is down the right side. That's gotta be about the highest we've seen. But ultimately, what happened? What, what I was most disappointed with, though, wasn't even as much our attacking shape because we were clearly withdrawing the times. We weren't throwing the kitchen sink up until the second half where we started seeing some overloads. Um, which I swear to God, if our midfielders turn away from the overload again and just pass it to the other side with no support, I'm gonna lose my mind. Tom Davies kept doing it. I'm like, how can you not see that there's two guys over there and the whole rest of the team is the one. Inside, please. um The one thing we did was, I, I thought we gave them too much space in the middle of the pitch, kind of yep. above the 18, and that's where they were dangerous. They'd kind of play it out to the right, and you, you can't do that with Neves, um, Matino, um, Dendonker. I mean, they have some guys in the middle that are decent on the ball if given space. Um, and that, I think, was disappointing. You saw that in Tom Davies, we know. I mean, he's Tom Davies. But really what happened was the effect was that they just didn't shoot very well from the outside. I mean, yeah. I know one of your favorite kind of stats is looking at shots outside the box, inside the box. They definitely outshot us almost two to one. But most of their stuff, with the exception of the goal, was outside.
1: Yeah, almost, well, 46% of their shots are from outside the 18, 46 from within the 18, and then they had a couple shots in close, whereas Everton had 100% of our shots, all five of them inside the 18-yard box. So if you're going to go for quality over quantity, it's better. I mean, that's that's the way you want to do it. And, you know, we're looking at first five minutes, of the game surprisingly open, and off of a really well-worked goal, Alex Wobey off of a Luca Dean pass, Hama's involved in the buildup. I mean, one of our better worked goals of the entire season, it was really encouraging way to start the game.
0: I mean, Dean is so good at that one touch pass and this one, he didn't hit all that crisply, but it didn't matter. You know, we made the right run. That's the strike. Even though he's not a striker, that's the run you want to see him make. It looked mm-hmm. like he was kind of playing almost on the other side, of course, the way he would in arsenal where he'd cut inside and try and actually score every now and then there was a really strong finish. Um, it was a wonderful exchange, you know? The, yeah, it was amazingly open. I, I can't believe how open the game was in the first 20 minutes. You know, it was a fantastic team goal. Um, it was exciting. You know, I mean, couldn't help but be pumped up and couldn't be happier for Alex Awobi, Who's really been an absolute stud this year for us. And he's carried us at times, truly. Um, Unfortunately though, they hit right back. I'm still a little confused as to what the heck happened on that goal. I don't understand how the whole backside of the goal, you can be just not paying attention. I made an erroneous tweet saying that's what happened. You know, we don't know what we're doing in a back three. What I meant to say is that's what happens in essence, when you've got, you know, three center backs back there, meaning as there's no left back. I mean, that's the thing. Gottfried's been caught inside a couple times out wide. And I don't blame him for that. I mean, it's not his natural position, but you saw it. I mean, sometimes his instincts are very center back-ish. And I, I thought he had a good match too. It just in that moment, you know, he just kind of, Let the back post open. But part of this is a byproduct of not having that defensive mid in there to shield them. You know, they they will feel compelled to come inside and be compact if there's no one in there preventing some of it. So maybe that contributed to it. Um, And then after then, it, it really tightened up a little bit. And it seemed like every time we would possess the ball, which wasn't all that often. We didn't look dangerous at all. We waited too long. They would get set up and it was just a chess master at that point. And, you know, basically every time we tried to be expansive with the pass, we'd give it away with the exception of occasional Michael Keen long yeah. ball. And he was absolutely spectacular <laughs> distributing from the back. I couldn't believe how well he played passing the ball. But, you know, really, we got into halftime. I mean, I thought there they were a couple uneasy moments but probably deserved, I guess, to be 1-1 at best. I think we were thankful it got to be then. The second half was a little bit different. I mean, we came out and actually decided to be more patient, not force the ball, um, which is probably the right thing to do. I mean, you force the ball into them, they spring the counter, we're in trouble. Um, It got a little dull at times, but if you look at it from halftime to about the 78th minute, we actually had 57% possession, even though we, we were not, good in possession most of the match sometimes you have to do that you know maybe wear him out a little bit get some confidence and occasionally play the ball over the top and it was what it was uh one moment in the 50th minute where decorey i don't know why he tripped or swiped uh, yeah. from the back um netto right yeah of course Neto was down on the ground like he was dead he magically magically came back and played the rest of the match even though he was down for like 10 minutes it felt like it um I thought the subs made a little bit of a difference. I think we went from possession and maybe being a little bit more dangerous. I'm curious as to what you think in particular, the sub of Andre Gomes for Tom Davies.
1: Yeah. I thought it was a really interesting tactical substitution. I mean, I th- I, I don't think you can understate the importance of sometimes just controlling the tempo of a match, just asserting your willingness to to sit on the ball, make the defense shift and, sh- and mo- change shape and adjust to what you want to do. And whether or not you're being incisive, which is obviously the ultimate goal, as long as you have the ball the opposition can't score and it seemed like that was the philosophy Everton were going by but then as the game wore on i think it i think it became clear that you know wolves weren't posing any tremendous threat they certainly had their fair share of chances but the the sub of andre gomez look i mean how many times have we seen this substitute before you think okay andre will maybe be a little more ambitious moving the ball forward that's the 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 main critique i have about tom davies today was that he was perhaps not direct enough getting the ball forward moving it he seemed very very willing to defer to back passes and simply retaining possession which is all well and good when you're up uh but when you're chased when you want to win the match i think that the sub of andre gomez made sense and i thought he actually had a really positive impact of course he gets the assist but um he looked pretty decent on the ball he looked like another player who's at least willing to try something from our half getting it into the opposition third which was not something we saw a lot from tom davies today
0: i think against a slower team and let's face it with their guys out their midfield in particular is not very quick you know he can hold it up with those guys he's strong enough it was pretty funny my comment after the cross so on the goal we didn't even mention the goal um left-footed cross michael Keane. what a fantastic finish that was just capped off an outstanding match by him uh you kind of had a feeling we might score off a set yeah. piece, and technically it wasn't, but it really was kind of off the sequence. So uh, I immediately tweeted out, Andre Gomes, I never doubted you for a second. <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, the responses are great, you know. Uh, Tim Bradell, he steps it up against Portugal FC Andy Watt again. <laughs> His second assist, that, knew it was coming, knew it. You know, everyone's coming out. Uh, but Stephen Williams has has a really good point. Seems to be better off the bench at the minute. Uh, quality ball made all the difference tonight. He did have impetus. I mean, he still drives you crazy on defense, you know? Sure. Just, oh yeah. Oh God. Just you looking a, around. I mean, he'll kick you. He'll foul you and stuff. So I appreciated, uh, we needed a little activity in the middle and he at least had some courage with the ball and, and had some quality. And look, when we were pressing them a little bit to try and keep the ball deep, if there's ever a moment where he's okay on defense, I can't believe I'm going to say this. It's in pressure, you know, because mm. look, if he goes by <laughs> Andre just kicks him, you right. know, Um. he, he, it was important. He injected some, some well-needed class and, and Richarlison obviously killing the game made a bit of a difference uh, as well, but man, there were some gas guys. The last 15 minutes was nerve wracking. Um, Dean was running on fumes. Hamas to Seamus sub for Hamas was the right move. Yep. Um, and, and look, you know, we killed it out. The uh, Wobie went on that crazy dribbling run. I, I was so peeved at that wow. free kick call. Um, the handball to Decore. I mean, I I felt like that happened two or three times in the match where there was a handball, which was not called in our favor when it was right in front of the player. You know what I mean? So you got to be consistent, at least with it. The free, free kick grazed the post. I feel like pick again was leaning in there a little bit, but let's be honest when he was setting that ball up, what were you thinking?
1: Oh, I mean, I thought that was going in for sure.
0: Just knowing
1: <laughs> when he when first of all, when Nevis hit that full volley, that was like, Oh, that, I mean,
0: that's what okay had. on that one though. Honestly, yeah, he, mean, did. he He got like, over there. He might've gotten it. I mean, that but was, that was
1: dipping. I mean, that was a, a sensational hit. And, and then just to quickly go back to the goal, because I did think it was interesting that, This was Wolves goal as well as our second goal both kind of came in the fallout from set pieces not directly from set pieces but uh, just like the the disorganization that ensues if you don't win that second ball off of a corner, and we saw it work in our favor and also against us today. And again, over the moon, a great finish by Michael Keenan and and good on Andre. It was a great cross as well. And then from that point, I mean, it was nervy. It was very nervy. We did not make it easy on ourselves. Wolves certainly uh, kicked it up a notch and the game was wide open. I thought Richarlison coming on, it it probably would have made sense, honestly, earlier, maybe around the 60 minute mark. Maybe I think just the fitness constraints for Richarlison, I don't think he looked anywhere near fully fit today I thought he looked kind of slow and it, it's a process with him
0: you wanted him to score so badly at the end oh my god I mean, he would have gone he would have gone crazy um it would have been something I mean look it, you know in the long game you kind of look at it and say you're going to need some of these things I mean ultimately we push their shots from distance but man anytime you can get a win when you've got Alon out Dominic Calvert-Lewin out Richarlison out Cenk Tos, OK, Jank Tosin's healthy. Um, <laughs> no, I, you know, and, and honestly, your other your three defensive mids, I mean, Decoray's one. I find it very curious that Carlo insists still on playing Decoray higher up the pitch, um, partially because he feels like he has no energy or impetus. Maybe if he doesn't play that, he was still all over the place look the the expected goal numbers look pretty bad. I mean, I think we're at uh, info goals, not always perfect, but they've got wolves at 1.2 and us at 0.27. I mean, I don't know, maybe that's true, but again, it's hard to do that. But, but look, the bottom line is that we had, we hung in there, you know, this team has shown and starting to show a whole lot of character and let's be honest, man. I mean, we are tough to break down when we have all those center backs out there. We yeah. weren't getting buzzed. And I mean, I, you know, no, we're not generating a ton of chances as a result, but it's no fun playing against us. That's for sure. No, I mean, when you have those four guys across the back,
1: none of them. And, you know, Michael Keane, again, his long balls were unbelievable today. And we have the numbers on it here shortly. Yuri Mina, even, I thought, looked to drive it forward a little more. So almost our center backs were more intent on pushing the ball forward than our fullbacks were. And I think that that ultimately is what makes us hard to break down because when you have Godfrey and Holgate staying back and being conservative wide, when teams want to attack us down either flank, they're there. I thought Ben Godfrey, again playing as a makeshift left back, you can't ask much more from the kid. He, his no. pace, he gave, he gave Neto some real frustration. I mean, Neto had to head his head in his hands at one point, couldn't couldn't beat him for pace, and Neto is like a very very quick kid. Um, so. That's that's immensely promising, and, and that's been the theme when we when we're riddled with injuries and we can't really put our full attacking unit out. And this was maybe the culmination of several games without our full attacking unit, and we missing Calvert Lewin is huge. But you put those four center backs in and you just know that they're going to cover things well and really limit the opportunities from 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 wide and then within with outside the 18. If we I mean if we're giving up half our shots that we're conceding are from outside the 18 you're gonna be successful more often than not it kind of is that simple and they're just in the chemistry there
0: to allude to your earlier point between the four it seems to be improving game over game i you obviously it hurts us trying to break down a team that's sitting back like this i mean obviously i mean you could see holgate and godfrey or not the best on the ball although mason you know can serve a ball a little bit and do some things he's very inconsistent godfrey's a little different yeah it hurts us in the attack but look when you've got a lot of injuries and you can't maybe do all the things that you want to do the most important thing is i'm sure in carlo's mind being the old four four two guy he is uh, from the old country is to uh <laughs> you know, sit behind the ball and make it tough on them. Um, look, I mean, we're still, we've talked about the lack of depth on this team and it's evident in certain areas. The fact that we're still piecing together wins shows you just the mentality and then the strength and the mental character that some of these kids have uh, and some of the older guys have. And it's a really interesting mix. It's a very likable team at some for some people. I'm looking forward to us being healthy. It looks like the Villa match may not go on. If that's the case... I'll tell you what, that extra week or so, that could really help us. It'd be very interesting to see how we start to evolve as a team. I don't think the expectations change, but if we start getting healthy and getting some of our attacking players back with some of the solidifying back line that we have, at least we have an option now. So if we're winning a game to close it out, I mean, these four guys on the back line are tough. And let's not forget the impact on set pieces. I mean, really, that, that's a lot of what it has. You got four center backs in there. It makes it tough. We, You, know, you put Dom in there, it's even more ridiculous um so before we get into player performances i mean quick summary to me it's just you know you kind of did what was necessary today and i think the guy showed a lot of character kept fighting and worked hard and maybe it was a little bit undeserved but hey that's this sport sometimes you know
1: that is exactly right ryan i mean look it's a little overshadowed because we did the, the loss to United in the cup. And maybe we didn't perform quite as well against Rotherham at the weekend, but Everton have won four of our last five Premier league matches. Like there really hasn't been and have done so just very pragmatically. And I think yeah. that is what Carlo does and what he's brought as you allude to the team mentality. I mean, credit to the players he's brought in, but this is, I don't think this is a match Everton win in previous seasons. I don't think this is a match we went under Marco Silva. I think just the way that he's given these players, the belief, Given them the foundation with which to like perform the best that they possibly can, those so, so much credit. And it just, I mean, sitting fourth, what, four points off top. I mean, it feels very good to be there at this time of the
0: season. Yeah. And don't forget a lot of these guys played minutes too, just not too long ago. Yes. I mean, it's, right. it's worth noting too. those guys, you know, my Lord, I mean, Ben Godfrey, he's playing a lot of minutes right now. Hames has played, you know kudos to them um all right player performances there were some good ones there were some there ones there's some okay yeah. ones I, I think top of the list for me is uh well it's got to be michael Keane. i mean he had the goal obviously 100 touches most touches 12 of 15 on long balls. Now, again, that's who I mean, scored stats. So yeah, a long ball from them is not like some big glamorous Hollywood pass. Although we had some of those 95.3% yeah. pass rate. I mean, wow. With a hundred touches, two blocks. And one thing we're going to get Yeri here in a second, neither Yeri or keen had a bad touch or would dispossess the whole entire match. So look, you're going to look at a passing map on this. I'm sure it's going to look a little bit ugly, a lot of back and forth between them. But when they're camping out, fine, we're not creating anything. But if you don't give the ball away from to them close to your own goal, you're probably not going to give up too many goals. So, hey, worst case scenario, you maybe get a point out of it. But I'll tell you what, Yerry Mina had a couple plays in the second half. Like some of the head balls that he had were just, get out of my way. I'm winning this. There's nothing you can do. That guy, I don't understand how anyone could possibly dislike him if you're an Everton fan. That guy has so much guts. And Michael Keane has courage. Yerry has just Absolutely. Just psycho courage. You know what I mean? Oh man. He's just such a, we called him a pterodactyl last week, right? Six I clearances, so. four aerials highest on the team. He led the team in pass percentage 96.1. How can a guy that big be so tidy with the ball? I don't know, but man, those two guys were immense today. As much as you want to keep saying, well, you know, Keen doesn't like playing higher. And yeah, if we start having a high press together, you know, this may be the duo that that's going to stay with us the rest of the the rest of the year. Look, I mean
1: the, the threat that they pose on offensive set pieces oh. and the resilience they give us on defensive set pieces. You talk about Yuri Mina's aerials. There were a couple of very dangerous set pieces from Wolves that he made easy work of. Oh. Made it look oh, yeah. remarkably easy. He also had that uh neat little off the set on a corner for us where he went near post and yeah unsuccessfully flicked it, but He's just such an asset in that area and for a guy who's that big and good in the air his ability on the ball is really good and his confidence on the ball. He really isn't afraid to like try to draw a defender in and open up lanes into the midfield. Um and I thought he was fantastic but not as fantastic in my mind as Alex Iwobi who we've raved about a little <laughs> bit already. Iwobi. <laughs> Iwobi in full force had three dribbles, three shots, obviously had the tidy finish for the goal ended up with four tackles so don't underestimate his defensive output but he was a, a guy who i think maybe covered for others with his work rate today his his legs on the wing did very very well and as you said Ryan in the end when he went on that just it was like, beat a guy. Okay, well, why not go for two? Okay, well, let's beat three guys. Well, all right, let's see who else wants get a to Get ridiculous
0: beat. meg at one point, too. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, what are you doing, man? It was uh, – he's fun to watch when he's playing well. I don't know how much more he can do to really make the Evertonians, you know, the few that are still out there that must not think he's good enough. I I, I don't know. Do those
1: I don't think those people – after today, I don't think those people can – what do you even argue about Alex be The end product was the thing. You got the end product today. He's been so, so good for everything I don't know. this season. And and I shudder to think really where we'd be without. His presence on the pitch.
0: It's unbelievable. I mean, he really might be the player of the year, which I think is unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, seriously. No, so I you mean, you st- you start thinking about it, you're like all these guys are out, you know. I mean, if James is in there the whole time, he obviously I think is our most dangerous offensive player consistently, or Richarlison and Dom probably gets it just from finishing. But I mean, in terms of energy and carrying the ball, we've got no one else really. That's doing it. You know, Richarlison's a little out. He normally has that. But yeah, he's constantly dangerous. And the defensive work rate, I think, is the one thing that's really surprising. He's clearly grown into this team. He's made a big difference for sure. Um, and the right hand yeah. side where he's where he's out of position as well. That's right. Well, I that's mean, he, yeah, the only argument there is he's not a good crosser from deep. Well, I mean, yeah, because he's Who a naturally really left- is, well, I mean, a and, Right. And he's a naturally left sided player, and he's not a fullback. So he's played right. wing back a couple times for us. I mean, it's the argument that he doesn't have a good final ball is silly because just look at the numbers. I mean, he's always created for his teammates at Arsenal and otherwise. I mean, you can't argue the numbers sometimes, you know? And yeah. so you can you can argue the way he does it, but that's just a stylistic thing. Oh, I would like to see him be able to loop a ball in the box better. Who cares? He can get to the touchline and cross it low. That's fine. That's a yeah. better play too. And on the other side too, you got Luka Dean who we know can cross the ball very well. I mean, He he looked a lot better than he did in the FA Cup match. He was clearly tired at the end and not fit. Um, So I can't hold it against him. He was getting toasted a little bit at the end. But for a guy that was really isolated on the left side often, the fact that he still was making moves and getting crosses off, I mean, I cannot wait to get DCL back in the match playing (laughs) with him again. The way he crossed the ball today, you got to figure Don probably got his head on one of those. Don't you think? I
1: mean, Don must have been sitting on the sideline wherever he was. I don't think he made that. Yeah. Licking his shops. Exactly. Smiling like a butcher's to see, dog <laughs> to see, we got some steaks on the counter and the dogs just <laughs> waiting to, to jump up and grab them. I mean, Luca Dean so happy to have him back because we have dearly missed him. And I do like to see him in that more. I mean, even when he's at left back, he gets forward a lot, but even to be see him given that extra license to, to do so, um, still coming back from fitness. I mean, it says a lot that he's maybe like 80, 85% fit and still by far one of our most dangerous players. Faded is the game more on Ryan. Uh, well, let's talk Hamas first. I mean, two key passes. We already said it. He had a very free role, perhaps freer than, I mean, he's, he's, that's been his role since he's arrived in the team, but in the absence of a striker, I think he gave, was he given even more license to just go all over the place and affect play in any way that he can. Um, at times maybe look to force that switch to Luca Dean a little too much when it wasn't there, but he's really one of our few players who
0: has that pass in his back pocket. He also moves. That's the thing. People don't realize. And look, here's another stat for you on James today. How many times does James dispossessed today? Zero. How many times did he have a bad touch? Zero. I mean, (laughs) so look, say whatever you will, I mean, to have the ball 63 times and he did in 85 minutes, two key passes, 82.7%. Pa- I mean, and he's not making little tap passes half the dime, five or seven for long balls, one great through ball. I mean, four crosses. I mean, say whatever you want of him. He's just a very dangerous player. But to take care of the ball like that, I mean, it's a little bit of an indictment, I think, in the midfield um, for Wolves and why sometimes they're easier to play against but you can't ask for more for him to run around as much as he did coming off a guy who's not fully fit. Uh, Maybe he wasn't spectacular in terms of creation, but I mean, without Richarlison and, Dominic Calvert Loon in front of him, cut him a break. He took care of the ball really well, and he he was kind of our machine at times. I mean, the only time we were dangerous is when he was drifting over side to side. And I think that's his future role with us. I really think. I mean, imagine what this looks like when he has the freedom to run around Decore and Alon behind him with legitimate attacking play from the width, as well as Dominic Calvert Loon in the middle. It's a very different, a very different team. Decore supported him uh, in a way. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was his best match he i mean he was all over the place again i hated the yellow card because now he's suspended for the next one you know what can you say about him he always brings the energy um i thought he was okay you know we talked about andre already but you know the rest of the defense deserves some credit too i mean ben godfrey was really tough today we talked about him what about jordan pickford how do you feel like Mm. jordan pickford did because I i thought he looked dare i say almost composed today
1: yeah, Ryan, I was I was gonna ask you the same question. I mean, for me, I thought Pickford. Look, he still scares the daylights out of me anytime there's a cross coming in and he's trying to go for it because he never. Re- there were a couple today that just and he grabbed them, but not super cleanly. It looked a little rocky. But in his defense, I thought his distribution was very, very good. I thought he, you know, I think he had an eighty-eight percent passing or something along those lines, and I thought he new made good decisions as to when to go long he had some good throws out wide distributing moving the ball quickly uh, and he ultimately had two saves that one save where he had to drop up low and basically like completely stop the ball with his palm gathered it really quickly i thought that was a really nice play and again the Neto volley i mean i'm sorry rather neves volley he was all over it i think he would have had it covered and that was some hit so a uh, bailed out by the neves free kick that hit the post, but overall, I think he was composed today, and I, I think he deserves credit. I put him firmly in the good category.
0: I think really the only person I think you could critique, uh, Tom Davies, was whatever. You know, I yes. mean, he got he got, yes. he got pow- overpowered a couple times. You know, whereas he could hold the ball up against Sheffield, he was struggling to do it. Um, and and as and he wasn't losing the ball quite as much as a result, but he still, you know, I mean. It, it's hard because you look at that and you look at the difference it made when Andre came on. And I, I think it was significant for sure. Um, I, I think really the only person you can look at and say, wasn't great was probably guilty. And, and I, yeah. and I, I don't know how fair that is. I mean, he lost the ball a couple times, but you know, he's playing as a, as a nine in a way, I mean, he's coming back to the ball a lot. I mean, but there's no real threat in there. He only had 26 touches in 75 minutes. I mean, uh, I, I can't help, honestly, but think Jank probably was wouldn't have been better in there, honestly.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think that's fair. I think he's just too often a passenger. The lack of touches says it all. And, like, we know – I mean, tw- again, there's been matches where Dominic calvert and has been really isolated up top and maybe gets less than 30 touches. And in some ways, you're very dependent on the service you're getting. And But, but he didn't do himself any favors. Like, there were a number of times when – Balls were coming near him and he he just can't adjust his body to receive. He just can't adjust his
0: body. That's right.
1: Yeah. He he needs it directly to his feet and he's not going to get in behind anyone. He's not going to win anything in the air. I mean, at times we were playing crosses, like looking for guilty Sigurdsson in the box. Like,
0: this is not the way, gentlemen.
1: This is not the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is the way. So no one ever to yes. gilfie Sigurdsson playing as a nine. Um, so all right. Man of the match is the question because there yes. were a couple standout candidates. I have not made up my mind so I'm deferring to you. I'm going Michael Keane. I think this was one of
1: his most complete games. I think he showed a, We've seen glimpses of the long balls from Michael Keane but never quite as much volume from him in a single match. That obviously the winning goal is a massive boost. He's been so good in the air for us all season. I think we saw a little bit of it all from Michael Keane. And even as Wolves were threatening us in the final minutes, he had a couple of really important clearances, uh just really composed really important England's best center back, maybe Ryan, I don't know. (laughs) Everton, the Everton Twitter account. And I both said that uh, post or after the goal, he's my man of the match today. Well-deserved. And again, you'd be hard pressed. You're talking about a Wobiest player of the season. You'd be hard pressed to find a player who's been as consistently good as Michael Keane.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I'd say the last couple of weeks, I think, Mino as, as Mina yeah. stepped up, Keen has maybe not been quite there. I, I think frankly, probably need a rest. You know, sometimes mm. you don't realize how banged up and playing that position, the way they play. My guess is that that was maybe a little the logic that we saw, you know, I can't remember which match he sat out, but he, he did. Um, I mean, sir, it was the FA cup match, wasn't it? Yes, Last match, yep. right. He sat down yep. for that. Um, and I don't think he played one of the other ones as well, or at least he came off the bench later. But anyway, as much as I mean, look, I, I don't know if Alex will be the player of the season, but I'm saying he's been playing very well because <laughs> yes. now I know people has. are going to torch me for that. Look out. Uh, and I'd be tempted to pick him today uh, only because I, I it was nice to see him finally get on the score sheet. But I just think, I mean, Michael Keane was so good today, uh, and once he got the goal, I mean, as much as Awoebi had the four tackles, too, you gotta, you gotta appreciate that. Absolutely, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to Michael Keane. I, I think a couple of times he was actually unlucky as to not picking balls. I think he had maybe uh, two interceptions, but he could have had more. A couple of times there was a bad deflection or two. He just looked. When we're sitting back, you could tell he's more comfortable, but he looked aggressive at times, yeah. jumping up to try and pick balls and stuff. He, he just looked confident on the ball throughout i mean it was a courageous confident impressive performance by him maybe one of his best in an everton kit and that finish off the off the cross by andre i mean that's two points right there for us i mean you can't say enough about that contribution so i'm going with michael Keane. final words from you my friend i feel
1: great i feel great i mean it's been Tough to watch at times the last several games, but you can't argue with the consistency of the results. Again, one loss in our last five Premier League matches. We're into the fourth round of the FA Cup. Disappointing what ultimately happened in the Carabao Cup, but we look forward. We don't look back. And to be honest, I mean, if we can maintain this level of fitness and keep getting guys back, the sky's the limit. I mean – Everton title contenders. I know we've said, and I know no. you'll, you'll talk me down, but it, it feels good that we're at least, you know, up amongst the conversation and in very, very, well, we set ourselves up very well to compete for at the very least Europa League, which is ultimately our target. So I don't think there's anything anyone can complain about at the moment.
0: No, I, I look, there are expectations that are realistic, you know, and, and yeah. you hope, and those are the ones you really need to be measured against i mean i, I just my only fear of saying we're gonna win the league uh, besides <laughs> ingest and fun is that people would literally listen to that and now expect us to do that and be ticked off when we don't that's my only hesitation yeah. to say that but look stranger things have happened i mean you can't argue the fact that we haven't had a lot of injuries and if everyone comes back and who knows maybe we strengthen with a player or two in january I mean, maybe we could sneak in, you know, Champions League spots again. I, I, I think sixth is a really nice season. But look, <laughs> would you trade where we are now with where we've been in previous seasons? I mean, part of the issue here is there. If you look at the pace the teams are on, it's outrageous. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we're on pace for like seventy points or something right now. I'd have to go back and do the math. I did it. I think last week and we were at like sixty-eight point something, and we were in sixth or seventh. You know, I mean, that's. I mean, the average sixth place has been sixty-two point two points the last five years. Now, ironically, though, the win of to win the league is like under eighty points right now. Yeah, I mean, the league has been like ninety-eight points plus the last three years. I mean, this has been a really interesting season, and it's really tight at the top. Um, it's wins like this, though, that just get you a little separation. You know what I mean? And make you feel like, hey, we, you know, we know we can play better, and we got one today. I mean, how can you not feel? fantastic about today i'm over the moon I have enjoyed this. I I've enjoyed this moment with you too, buddy. <laughs> and, and we didn't break out into Ronnie James Dio today. So it's obviously already an improvement from a pod standpoint. I would say it's a massive step back in terms of, <laughs> you
1: think of so pod. We can my, come up that's... with another
0: like early eighties metal classic. If you want to break into it, I don't, Let's I don't do know it. what it would be. We'll
1: scheme for next time, but I think that's going to uh, be enough. We won't torture anyone with that today. We do appreciate everyone listening to the show. If you would do us a massive favor and give us a rating and review on your podcast platform of choice that helps us out a ton. If you want to follow us on socials and access the pod, uh, see our latest toffee TV links, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. The link for that is linktr.ee. That's link slash usa toffee pod. You can find all of our links to pretty much everything we do on there join our discord as always invite.gg slash ATP we appreciate you all hope everyone is uh, looking forward to well I guess the match at Aston Villa might get postponed this weekend but uh, we will keep everyone updated of course and if there's a match you know where to find us afterwards otherwise until next time up the toffees